Welcome to the Post-Christian Podcast. Our goal is to reframe, simplify, and focus on our mission to make disciples in a post-Christian culture. We discuss reaching new people and raising up leaders while removing the barriers of churchianity. I'm Eric Bryant, one of the executive pastors at Gateway Church in Austin, author of Not Like Me, and resource provider at ericbryant.org. Originally part of the Church Growth Summit, this interview is with Wayne Cordero, author of many books and founding pastor of one of the most innovative churches in America, New Hope Christian Fellowship in Honolulu, Hawaii. Well, hello, Wayne. It's wonderful to have you. Eric, it's a joy to be with you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you joining us for the Church Growth Summit. And for those uh, who follow you from afar, they already know that you've been uh, just such an instrumental part of reaching out to the not only the islands of Hawaii from New Hope there in Oahu, but the Pacific Rim with the church churches you've planted, your internet campus. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your mission field. Well, you know, Eric, I always uh, tell people that uh, you never measure the size of a church by how many are in it. You always measure the size of a church by how many are still outside of it. And so I always think that way. And though we might have X amount in the church, it's never uh, enough or big or we've got a great big church or wow, look at our church. Uh, Because I look at those people not as our church. I look at the people driving by on the freeway and flying overhead as the people we have to reach, right? It's... And so I look at the people in the congregation as our leaders, the messengers through which the gospel is going out. And all of those people all around are the ones that really are the sort of the church that we're trying to reach. And uh, I tell people, we got to get the church out of the church in order for the church to really be the church. (laughs) That's right. Well, and what have you seen help connect those not yet attending on a Sunday uh, to start connecting? Yeah, the first is the best way to reach those people is through your people. So they're the fishers of men. And sometimes the church sort of circumvents people with our outreach programs, nothing wrong with that, to try and reach all the people while these are kind of just coming to be fed. But instead, I think biblically in Ephesians 4, pastors are given to the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. So we've got to work through them and with them. So that's, you know, I that phrase doing church as a team we really got to work through the people and if the people are excited about the church they'll go out and tell others if they're not then they won't tell others so i've got to figure a way to excite the people about the kingdom in such a way that they feel equipped to go reach their friends so even as it was in jesus's day it's a word of mouth it really is we can build celebrityism and we can build uh uh lots of gatherings and events based on social media, but you build disciples one-on-one. You build your disciples people with people. A heart can reach a heart, and that's what we've always believed, and that's what we've always done. Well, and thank you for writing Doing Church as a Team. I think that's a great help to us, and if you haven't seen that book or picked it up, I encourage you to do so. So, In the midst of your mission field, I'm sure you have folks from all sorts of variety of backgrounds. Maybe they used to be Christian. Maybe they are Buddhist or more new age. Have you seen anything in particular that helps those that are starting to connect actually step across that line of faith? Well, you know, the, I believe, first of all, that no man can come unto me unless the father draws him. So I believe that the father's drawing people 
Buddhist or uh, Hindu or secular, I believe the Holy Spirit is still reaching out and drawing people. However, I do, do notice one thing, Eric, and that is, you know, we love creativity and uh, love to get the gospel in different ways out. So to, for them to connect and, and get involved. And uh, I believe that people aren't tired of the gospel, but they are tired of tired presentations of the gospel. And so we have to do our very best to present the gospel in such a way that attracts them. And we've got to work hard at keeping the good news good news. Because <laughs> sometimes for people, it's not good news, it's bad news. Yeah. So we, we've got to keep it good news. And we have to somehow uh, continue to work on the paradigm shift of not just preaching to the people, but equipping the people to preach to the people. Yeah, that's great. And we forget that because the people in our church are a means to an end. And the end is to reach others with the gospel who have not yet heard and are still outside of the church. So I'm constantly thinking that way and keeping that in my head. So as I'm preaching to the people, I'm encouraging, I'm exhorting, but I'm somehow trying to equip them to reach others. And when they come, then they receive Christ. And uh, then we have a large follow-up program that we have. We have a thing called a yes packet uh, they, for those who said yes to Jesus. So they raise their hands and we have ushers everywhere equipped with three or four of these, these yes packets. So we just say, go see an usher. And we have ushers watch people that are raising their hands and they'll actually go and said, Hey, I saw you raise your hand. Congratulations. And uh, here's a yes packet and there's a Bible and some follow-up material. So that really is a, again, a person on person helping them step over the line. So it's that hand-holding part, and uh, that helps so much. Well, and I love how you've really eliminated some of the barriers that may have been in the way, whether it's walking all the way to the front or walking somewhere to the back. You're literally shrinking the space between the person and their decision and another person. That's yeah, and I love when people do come to the front, but the problem is our front seat is about that far from the stage. <laughs> It's so we just pack as many chairs in as possible. So we don't have that much room up front. So instead of coming front, we have them go back and we have ushers everywhere. So they're not coming to Wayne or a person. They're going to about, oh, 15 ushers that are scattered everywhere. And it makes it easier for them. And it allows them to kind of go out and clear out the place, but still get follow-up. Absolutely. Well, and as you're seeing these folks come to faith, and obviously if they're experiencing Sundays as a equipping them to be missionaries out in their mission field, are there other ways you've seen people grow in their faith to get to the place where they are sharing their faith or even serving in levels of leadership? Yeah, well, we have, you know, we love the communities of small groups that we have. And always remember, just because a church has small groups, it doesn't mean that there's a sense of community. Hmm. Because you can have small groups as a program, but people still aren't quite connected with one another. Uh, the the sense of community is absolutely huge in a church. Uh, in fact, I just sat down with one of our campus pastors the other day, and I said, you know, our services are going too long um, because it's a two-hour we have, believe it or not, Eric, 7 a.m. is our first service. <laughs> wow. <laughs> two Saturday nights and three Sunday mornings. And our first Sunday morning service is at 7, then 9 and 11. And because our parking is so crunched, if we let them out at 
20 after the hour. By the time they get to the car, it's 30 after, and there's a, a log jam of cars waiting to get in. So then people feel it's just not, not easy to get to church. It's too hard. And if you've got kids, so I noticed that there's uh, some problems in that. So I, I said to that pastor, we've got to cut the service down and uh, uh, get it to about an hour and five, hour and 10. And the reason is not just so that there's turnaround, but I said, I noticed over the last year or so, people don't have time to connect between services. They don't have time to have a cup of coffee and laugh and talk. They're moving out, another one's moving in. And then pretty soon you build a Sunday only church that's pretty impersonal. And then it gets built around the uh, personality of the pastor alone. But you've got to build them in such a way that they connect with one another, but you've got to give take time and, and space for that to happen. Yeah. So think about that. Well, and as you're obviously effectively reaching out, you probably are having some folks that are growing in their faith and then they get to the place where they're ready to lead. What is, I know you mentioned everybody you see as a leader in terms of how you teach and communicate and cast vision, but to be a stakeholder, churches have called it different things. What, what is kind of those who are all in called and how do you get them to that place? Yeah, thank. that's a great question. Uh, you've got to, you know, the Bible says go and make, not converts, it says go and make disciples of all nations. So one of the very um, foundational principles that we live by is that our goal is to make disciples. And 2 Timothy 2.2 2 says, the things which you've heard from me in the presence of many, these entrust to faithful men who will in turn teach others also. So the full orb of discipleship doesn't happen when I impart knowledge to the first guy. My, the full orb of discipleship is complete when this guy is reaching another. So that's where the lead, I call that leadership. Leadership is not step one to two, it's step two to three, when they're actually imparting what they have received and doing it correctly. Not, not tilted, not mutated, but they're expressing and, and sharing correctly. So that is a huge portion so we ha of our ministry. So we have something called the School of Christian Leadership that meets every uh, week. And uh, so we have a ton of, my son oversees that, Aaron. So he oversees the leadership building, equipping part of our church, because we know that if we stop them at converts and just make them better and better and better and better converts, well, after a while, they'll start to leak because they can't hold it all. They have to share it intentionally, and that's the way you give it away. So that discipleship part is real important where you turn them into leaders. And uh, so we do that through our School of Christian Leadership. And then we get them to plug into some ministry. Uh, the first part, Eric, is, is you shadow a ministry, and then you assist in the ministry, and then you actually lead. And so it's a three-step process, and uh, they begin to do exactly that. It helps so much. That's fantastic. Well, in the midst of all that you're doing, uh, I've also heard about your work with the Bible College. Tell us about what you're doing there in Hawaii and in Oregon. Well, Eric, we took our church and we decentralized it into 27 churches in Honolulu. So uh, it took uh, me about 12 years to do all of that, but we broke it into 27 churches and, uh, and we put a pastor in every campus. And so now I sort of oversee and help and serve them. And I passed the last baton about a year, a year and a half ago. And so now I sort of uh, teach 
help, equip, applaud, and if necessary, correct and amend. But during this season, I thought, you know, I still want to give away everything that I've received. I want to divest it into young leaders. So we have a college in Eugene, Oregon, as well as one in Hawaii. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go up there because it needed a little TLC. So I said, I'm going to go there and pour into leaders for this next season of my life. And I'm just so thrilled to train young men and women in the arts and in theology and counseling and business uh, acumen, developing that. Uh, so that's what we've been doing. And, and I believe I'm 60, turning 65 now. And uh, I thought my most significant ministry uh, right now will be in the next generation. And so I want to pour everything I have into that generation, even as David did Solomon in his last days, so that there would be a sustained impact in the kingdom as best I can. Well, we're grateful for your investment in all of us, and thank you for taking the time. Uh, Wayne, we're just so grateful for you and for New Hope, and thank you for everything you do. Eric, it's a joy being with you. God bless you. Thanks for all that you do, and we'll keep partnering together. Sounds great. Thanks for joining us on the Post-Christian Podcast. More resources available at ericbryant.org.